Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Good morning, beautiful people. 
I want to thank you for joining me this morning here on Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, and it is Thursday, April 15th. I, oh, well, actually, you're hearing this on Thursday, April 15th, but I am pre-recording this show with the anticipation of Thursday because it is the day that my loved one, Malik Washington, will be starting home confinement um, in our apartment that we have had together for the last five months, I believe it's been, but he has not been able to be here. He has had to be caged um, at the halfway house on 111 Taylor Street that is run by the GEO Group, which is the biggest for-profit prison, or one of the biggest for-profit prison uh, corporations in the world. Um, And I don't know if many of you know that GEO is operating um, soon to be uh, in San Francisco. Sorry, they, they are operating in San Francisco. You probably don't know that because the building in which they're operating says 111 Taylor Street Apartments. So that in and of itself is so insidious. And, um, but with that said, I, we are anticipating him finally being able to uh, come home and he will be, again, what they call home confinement, but is really house arrest. And I am going to be keeping you informed about what is taking place around that. Um, Of course, we are grateful that we are going to finally be able to be together after seven months um, since Malik's arrival back in early September. Um, I also want you to know that uh, this, um, I am going to be observing Ramadan with him. Uh, As many of you may not know, but Malik is a Muslim. Um, I am a spiritual person. Um, I don't, uh, um, I'm not a Muslim. I don't practice any religion, but I am a spiritual person. And so, but we are going to be uh, doing this together. So today, the day of this recording um, is the first day. I mean, it is beautiful uh, to start this. And I am so glad that we will actually now be able to do it together in the next couple of days. And I will also be keeping you informed um, about that and what that means. I also want to say how grateful I am for being able to practice Ramadan at this time, because I feel like we are in a, a golden moment in terms of being able to tap into our humanity. There is a continued crime against humanity that is taking place within our prisons and on our streets. We are in the middle of a trial. Uh, Derek Chauvin um, is on trial for the murder of George Floyd. But I think it's not just Derek Chauvin that should be on trial. This system should be on trial. It's a murderous, exploitive, dehumanizing system and that we should all be really taking pause here. Um, And as this trial is going on, people are being black men, young black men, 
And we don't even know all the other people that are being murdered by the police. But um, Dante Wright, I think he was in his 20s, just murdered. And I want us to be very careful about the kinds of language that's being used by the oppressor, by the state. The police state needs to be abolished. Prisons need to be abolished because this system is just a new iteration of the crimes against the crime against humanity that is chattel slavery. And everything that has come from that is just a reiteration of trying to keep people that are not rich, white, male, um, under, um, under lock and key, trying to keep them controlled, trying to keep them, uh, and, and being able to exploit their existence by criminalizing every aspect of their lives, um, along with being poor. But we know that disproportionately, um, black and brown, especially black and indigenous people are being, um, are being targeted and outright killed. I'm sorry to say this, but I won't back down from it. It is a slow genocide. And I would like to now um, read to you a quote that I just learned about from Martin Luther King Jr. I didn't even know that he'd said this. In the final analysis... Racism is evil because its ultimate logic is genocide. Martin Luther King, the other American Stanford's. So the real question is, are you complicit? Are people's lives are on the line? Can we come together in love, revolutionary love, and stop asking the question of why these things are happening. We know why they're happening. If we just accept it and face it with some courage and shared humanity, recognizing our common oppressor. All right, here we go. All right, I am going to read a letter that I got from Jason Birchfield from, the home, from Biden's home state of Delaware. Let me start by saying that I love the Bayview. I support the struggle. I'm 35 years old. I am white, but ride for the cause and am here to support my brothers and sisters who are housed and enslaved behind these walls. I am currently serving a seven-year violation of probation sentence, a technical violation. The state of Delaware has one of the worst criminal justice systems. Whether you're a violent offender or nonviolent, you serve 85% of your time. There is no true help for inmates. The Attorney General, Kathleen Jennings, said technical violations should not be receiving jail time. Then why am I serving seven years for one? I am not a sex offender, and when I am done serving the sentence, I still have probation. The conditions in the prisons are terrible. I have hep C and being refused medical care. I have stress-induced seizures and severe food allergies, but being forced to work in the kitchen. If I refuse, I'll be written up, good time lost, which is good... Um, which are our good time is a joke. We can only earn five days a month, even though Delaware's law states we can earn 10 days. How is it we have a president who sponsors, who sponsored the 1994 crime bill, but ran his campaign on we made a mistake, but his son, Bo Biden, um, was the aide, sorry, the, uh, the attorney general of Delaware, was allowed uh, charges taking harsh penalties, sp- suspended time with outrageous backup time. 
So that probation and parole, so that probation and parole, excuse me, could violate people and keep them in the system for years. I originally served five years for a mistake I made when I was 23 years old. I moved to New Mexico, but was dragged back to Delaware, uh, twice in chains and shackles for technical, for technicals, no new charges. How is that justice? The Supreme Court of Delaware made a ruling that motion for modifications are to be declared repetitive after 90 days of sentencing. But our president says things about reform for the justice system he can't even fix the state him and his son helped destroy. And now the ACLU of Delaware sent these forms. So I'm going to interrupt here. They did send these forms and he sent me a copy of them. And it says, please provide us with the details of the conditions at your facility during this COVID-19 pandemic. He underlines this part. We may share your de-identified information with members of the public, the press, the State Department, and the Department of Corrections to help effect positive change for Delaware's incarcerated individuals. He writes on uh, the first page of this form, how is this going to help inmates? Once DOC and courts get names, they will retaliate. Please help. All right. Um, So back to his letter. He says, uh, so the, and now the ACLU of Delaware sent these forms out, but they are going to share info with the DOC. I'm not the smartest person, but I do know DOC does not like inmates to speak out or tell the truth. I wrote this letter to try and bring light to the injustice in this state because I truly believe in the work of the Bay, I truly believe in the work the Bayview does. If you need or want more info from me, I'm here. Thank you for your time, a captive behind enemy lines. Jason Birchfield, and um, his his information is S like Sam, B like boy, I like uh, indigenous, and his number is four two six one nine three. This is if you want to write write him. H R Y C I. That is the Howard R Young Correctional Institute. So that's H R Y C I. P.O. Box 9561, Wilmington, Delaware, 19809. If you want to write him and tell him that you care about what's happening and, and uh, uh, thanks, thank him for, for sharing this information, we definitely will. And uh, I'm very grateful to be able to read this online because we really get the truth about what's happening inside of our prisons and how people are being treated uh, less than humans Less than human beings, this prison system, which needs to be abolished, is absolutely dehumanizing. Uh, Yes, so defund the police, defund the prisons. All right, uh, we are going to take a quick musical break, and when we come back, I believe we will be speaking with Philip Pinckney.
All right. If you are just joining us, you are tuned in to KPOO San Francisco 89.5. This is Prison Focus Radio, and I am your host, Nube Brown. Um, I had just read a letter from Jason Birchfield out of the Howard R. Young Correctional Institution in Delaware, the home state of our president. All right. We are now going to hear uh, my interview with Philip Pinkney. All right, I have with me this morning Philip Pinkney, and um, I am really excited to get to, to know this brother because uh, we are we are just meeting. So, Philip, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Uh, just tell us who you are, what you're doing, and just go ahead and get started. Okay, so my name is Philip Pinkney. Um, I'm right now incarcerated in state prison. Um, been incarcerated since I was 19 years old. Um, I'm the brains behind the company Bamboo for the Riches which um, my mom run, my family, sister, fiance, daughter, other youth that I hire, and I got multiple people on the team, my driver who drives the van, do deliveries. And um, really, my platform is to help trouble youth or youth in need. So basically, off every sweatsuit my company sells, the company sells, off every jogger set, sweatsuit we sell, we donate one T-shirt, to a troubled youth or youth in need due to the fact I was a troubled youth growing up in the Western Edition. I'm from Fillmore, Fillmore, California. Um, I was a troubled youth. As uh, Basically, when we was younger, we did anything to get money. Even though our parents still took care of us, but we was bad. We was adolescents running around the streets, seeing violence. That's what we was doing. So that's all we knew, to break in cars, to steal, um, steal laptops, whatever we had to do to get money for marijuana, drink, whatever we wanted to do at the time. So basically, I was a troubled youth. Um, the youth in need is from my fiance. Her name is Sharice Hughes. Her and her brother was in foster care as they was younger. And throughout the system, they made sure they stuck with each other, stayed with each other. So we donate one T-shirt to a troubled youth or youth in need due to the fact we both had a struggle our whole life. And that's why we give back the T-shirts from each sweatsuit we sell. Because you never know, when you're in a foster care or group home, in the streets, like we was, if we had new jeans, I mean, just say if you have old jeans, a new T-shirt will make you feel good. If you have an old sweatpants, you put on this new T-shirt, you going to feel good. Like you got something new on your body where you might not have to go break in this car today, where you might not be in this group home or foster home wearing these same clothes for months on months on months, just trying to change shirts and get shirts. So my goal is to get the brand big enough where we can start getting Bay Area um, group homes and foster homes to help us and get us to where we could just donate boxes of T-shirts to these group homes and foster homes for these kids and recreation centers. Ah, that's beautiful. And and what's on the T-shirt? Okay, so on the T-shirt, um, for the boy one, it's a boy, um, like kind of looking sad. He's sitting down. It's best before riches on the T-shirt with a boy, um, looking kind of sad. And the youth and the girl one is a girl one with her looking kind of sad, sitting down as well. Like you know, when you're in trouble, when you're a troubled youth, and you know you be down sometimes. When you in need, you be down sometimes. So that's the image we portrayed on the T-shirts for the youth in these shirts that we give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, and now, and and how do you distribute these these T-shirts? Okay, so basically, um, so 
We have a, a flagship store at 4831 Mission Street, which opened last year, September. Um, I opened it all through prison from saving money off every sweatsuit we sold with my friends, team, helping me sell them sweatsuits. So we opened the flagship on 4831 Mission Street, Upper Mission. Um, so sometimes when people come in there and buy a sweatsuit, we ask them, hey, do you have a kid? They're like, yeah, I got kids. You got youth? Yeah, I got youth. Okay, look, here go a T-shirt for your sweatsuit. Oh, it's free? Yeah, it's free due to the fact we donate. Uh, for the youth in need, a T-shirt. They're like, oh, dope, dope. So even on our website, on our Instagram, at band before riches underscore clothing, but it's bands with the number B4 underscore clothing. We have it. Um, we have pictures of people coming in, shopping, showing their bags as well. Um, so I'm going to start doing more. Per, like, at first, I didn't want to show us giving back. So I was talking to my fiance about it, and I was like, one thing we should do is start showing us giving back. So we've been doing the videos of her. Um, even we have a thing we're doing right now called Help a Homeless Dress. With Help a Homeless Dress, off every five sweatsuits we sell within two days, we donate one sweatsuit to a homeless due to the fact it's a lot of homeless in San Francisco. So we start recording it now because I was telling her, I said, people always say, hey, why are you recording? Um, something that y'all doing. And, you know, people feel like you shouldn't record it. You shouldn't record that. And I tell people, if more of the world recorded the good we do, yeah. it would be so much better. Instead of every time we go on Instagram, we see a fight. Every time we go on there, we see somebody um, killing themselves due to suicide prevention or, or shooting somebody. You know, so I feel like we should show good. People always say, you don't need to show this. You don't need to show when, when people give homeless money. Why not? We don't never show the good. Why are we physically hiding the good we do? I agree. I agree. And I think it shows that you're connecting with people. I mean, that's right. not so much of what people right. need. They need that right. connection, right? And and they need that inspiration. I mean, what right. it is that you're being able to create from the outside or you're working with people on the outside. So that's that inside-outside connection which is so important because you're you're still a part of our community. Right. You still can connect with the community and the yeah. community out here, like you said, those ones that are that are feeling down and are homeless and foster children. They need to know that. Oh, look, you know, people care about me. This, I can actually come up from from this situation and and make my life better because people are doing it and they're and I I think that's amazing and like, I think like 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 to the people that really yeah. know me to cut you off the people that really know me I'm so much an inspiration to the Western edition right now from all I do from prison as mm -hmm. hosting events with with local artists hiring youth to work at the store hire my family also hire the driver to drive the van to, it's not just to feed me it's to feed them and their families. Like, I do so much from prison that's overlooked where the media haven't came to the store yet, nothing. Like, right, right. so much that I do that, and I know they see it because, like, the bigger the bigger people of the Western Edition, like, such as Big Rich, he has Project Level. He see what I'm doing. He's in my DM. Multiple people that see what I'm doing, I had, I man, it's, it's crazy, but I do a lot from prison. Like, I turned the cell into an office, literally. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, kudos to you, uh, Philip. This is really, really fantastic. Uh, and, and I agree. And I think that we should promote it more, definitely, and get people to, to your store. 
Um, right. And 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 we should promote it. This is the, this is what we should be doing. We have these smartphones, and we need to be promoting what it is that you're doing, how it's being done. I mean, I think it, and I'm and I'm glad that you are feeling um, the, that that sense of being an inspiration because uh, that right. really is what this is about. People need to feel inspired, like you said. They don't. Right. We need that hope. We need that uh, feeling that. We are. There's so much negativity out there. Is crazy. So much negativity as well on our Instagram or our website. We have the link in our bio on our Instagram as well as our our online store, which is www.bands b a n d s before b e f o r e riches r i c h e s dot com, where they also can go shop. We have multiple merch on there, and we basically try to get every order to our customers shipped out within three days okay fantastic um and then i wanted to ask you where did the name what is bands before riches okay so bands before riches is the hood term for thousands before millions so basically in the streets with i don't know if you like if if you're selling drugs um if you're stealing when you make a thousand dollars you put a rubber band around it so we call that bands in the hood. We that's what is the hood term is bands. Okay. For for the 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 white people, um, how they look at it when they go to the bank and they take out their um money as ten thousands, two thousands, three thousands, their money comes with a strip around it, which is considered still a band around your money. Ten thousand, five thousand, it shows the band around the money that holds it. So mm-hmm. in the hood, we call it bands. When you make a band, that's a thousand dollars. So like I always tell people, um, Walt Disney, um, um, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, they all started in the garage or in a home. Like how we started working in my mama downstairs uh, basement, selling uh, packaging clothes, selling clothes. Same way they did. That's the same way we started. So everybody has the same analogy when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a hustler, when you even just a big escort. It's the goal to have thousands before millions. So that's the, the term of bands before riches, which is thousands before millions. Okay. All right. I, I Of course, I heard the word bands and I'm thinking there's some music involved. <laughs> right, that's what a lot of people be thinking. Too. <laughs> a few people tell me that because they don't know the street term of bands, which is, yeah. that's why I break it down like that so they can understand, like, okay, that's dope. That is, I just I just love that, and I love learning new languages. I mean, I think it's so beautiful, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's um, again, right, it's, that's, that's, that's part of the inspiration and it's part of that making that connection, right, it's like we can understand each other's language. We really can. We can even if we speak, if we use different terms for things, we can understand each other's language, especially if we're willing to take the time to talk to one another mm-hmm. and connect. Uh, Philip, this is really fantastic. How how have things been uh, with with COVID? Um, so with COVID in here, it's been bad. Honestly, like I'm not gonna lie, in prison, COVID has been bad. They they give us like one mask every month or two. Um, inmates, like all of us had COVID basically. Like I just got my first vaccine shot, um, beginning of this month, the Pfizer one, they start giving it to us now. So they basically took our visits for a whole year straight. We haven't been in no contact with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No visits. They just started video chat visits. Now they implemented phase two of visiting where they're giving us part of our visits back, but it's for one hour um, sitting across the table wearing masks and no vending machines, no water, no nothing. So it's like right now, what's the point of your family driving, way to see an inmate, way to see their loved one, if they can't hug them, kiss them, can't even touch their hand. you got to sit across one side of the table and them on the other side of the table. Um, not even that. Like, the medical staff in here, they have not cared. The COs, they have not cared. Inmates right now, I can look out the door. There's multiple inmates walking around, running around, no masks, going door to door. COVID was spread. At this institution where I'm at right now, I don't want to say the name, but if they look it up, my, you know, they'll find me as well. But at this institution where I'm at right now, 15 inmates died from COVID. But oh, it's not so as sorry. much as like, right. It's not as much as like Chino or San Quentin. Those prisons, hundreds of inmates have died. Federal prisons, hundreds of inmates have died. So like our strand of COVID that we had at this facility, it wasn't as bad as other prisons, but it has been bad due to the fact that inmates, they don't care. So they come out they cell, no mask on, talk to people through the doors, no mask on, face-to-face, spreading COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not following the protocols and they're not being... Nah, and, then, and, and, and nobody, it doesn't sound like the guards Right. The, the staff don't care. The, yeah, the, exactly. The, yeah. They're still coming in your cell, searching it, looking for mm-hmm. phones, looking for this, and they... They're the ones that brought the COVID because, like I told of you, course. we took our visits for a year. We never had visits. Soon as they said COVID was implemented, it was due to Memorial. So from Memorial Day weekend, they said it's going to be Memorial Day weekend. All the staff is going to be around their family. So we're going to do 14 days lockdown to make sure COVID doesn't get spread through the institution. They never did the lockdown after the 14 days like they passed out the memo. So at the Memorial Day, the COs came back still talking to him. And, you know, we talked to them. It's not it's like it's constant robbers, but at the same time, we do have cool COs. So, like, you know, some of them abide by what they really are, a correctional officer. So some of them will correct you when you're wrong, you know, but some of them is, like, totally assholes. So, you know, inmates still talk to them, even the ones, like, in the kitchen, that's their boss the yard crew, they function with these police, talk face-to-face, joke and laugh, you know, talk to them. So that's how the COVID was spread to us. And not only that, the free staff had the COVID and and um, that's like in the kitchens and canteens. So that spread mm-hmm. through the food, which the inmate that's in the kitchen was passing it through the food on the trays. And that's how a lot of us was getting COVID. Like, and then they stopped giving us canteen for like six six months, no store. So you was forced to eat a tray if you didn't have food, which is filled with COVID due to the fact it's a plastic tray and the people that's serving the food and watching over the food is the people that's bringing the COVID in, the free staff. Right. Yeah, it was oh, bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was that's terrible. Bad. God, and yeah, well, I mean, 15, 15 people doesn't necessarily, yeah, maybe compared to hundreds, but still, that's 15 right. it's still people, bad. and that's still, family still members. I mean, that's, humans, that's, you know? Yeah, and they're, and, and they're grieving families. I mean, how many right. people is that? And these are people in our community, so we can circle back around to how important it is, you know, your work, again, that, that you're right. doing, that you're trying to keep going out, 
out out here while you're doing it in there. I mean, that's that is really beautiful. Now, do I? Uh, sorry, and I just want to make sure I understand. Is the 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 storefront on uh, is it 24th and Mission? Did you say? Am I no. correct? It's four four eight three one forty eight thirty one Mission Street. Okay, forty eight thirty one. That's in California. Okay, and we can actually go into. Yeah, the, the store, store open. The store is open Monday through uh, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday is the only day we're closed. Okay. Oh, that's really um, that that's fantastic. Okay. Well, yeah, we are. If you want to go in there, you can go in there and you know take your photos for the piece or whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay. This is this is great. I'm I'm really uh, excited about your work, Philip, and I'm I'm so glad that you reached out to us too. I mean, you found us. Um, through the SF Bayview's um, Instagram, I think is, is what happened. Yeah, so um, yeah, this is great. Well, um, I mean, really, kudos to you. And I'm, and it's also really exciting to hear um, the, how much your family is involved. And I, and I want people to hear that that are listening, our, our listeners right now that are listening, because it's so important to have those family connections. And so, right. um, a lot it, of people know, don't have that in prison. That kills yeah. them. You know, no mm-hmm. family, no girlfriend, just you. And, uh, and and all you get is prison food. It's yeah. bad, you know. It is. It is. It is bad. Like, I so I want people in here because you know I I am doing a little bit better financially through my family has always been on my side and you know I got a good fiance behind me and you know so and I was able to brainstorm by me sitting here like my family and them did it no business so all I did was research business business so at first I was doing music music wasn't paying. It wasn't getting me enough buzz to get my story out there. It was basically music is when I was rapping, it's kind of basically like negative rap. So I'm like, man, my, my, my thought process is changing, but if I'm still doing music, I'm still going to be stuck in that way, some type of form of fashion, like one foot in the streets, one foot out. So I was like, okay. So I start seeing clothing, like, and I, we all, I always liked the clothes when I was little. Like, even if you go to my website and read the about, it tells it tells everything I told you about the trouble you my my fiance uh, me stealing when I was younger even though my mom provided for me but we were struggling at first when we was younger but even though she provided for me I still stole to get like I told you the weed the drink some better some more expensive shoes and stuff like that so even if you go to my website it's in my about how I liked it clothes I always liked it to dress nice so when I start seeing like these other brands around the Bay Area selling their merch was so high, and the quality wasn't that good. So I said, huh, let me try to find a way to get a dope manufacturer and sell my clothes for a reasonable price. So my sweatsuits, they're only $80. They're not, they're not it's too expensive, $80 top and bottoms, unless it's a 4X. 4X is 100 So our clothes is high quality. And, and you can ask around, like, whoever wore Bam Before Riches are clothes, when you put it on, it's vibrant, it's colorful, it makes you feel good. People sending videos dancing, having fun when they wear Bam Before Seriously, when they wear Bam Before Riches, and then they know what they're supporting. They're supporting me and as well as trouble and in need youth. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. basically... Well, Bamba for Riches, man, all I can say is Bamba for Riches, it, it's, it's a dope brand. I put in all the orders. My mom sends all the money electronically, wire it through her bank account, through the business bank account. 
And I just I just did it. So I I like I was telling you, I I I studied clothing, I watched the tutorials, and I taught my mom, my little sister, my fiance, I taught them how to do business. And they just right, and they put it together. They do all the footwork. They do all everything. And I all I do is the post, the the inventory count. I make sure I put in the inventory through the manufacturer and the color designs and the Instagram. I run that with them. But basically, I, I I'm the whole brains behind Bama for Riches. I'm the one that figured it all out. Well, congratulations. Definitely want to end on that beautiful note about the work that you're doing and, and how positive it is um, and and, um, and just keeping yourself strong and, and moving um, in a, a very empowered, from a very empowered place and, and sharing that with others and a really with, uplifting with your family. The that I got, though, you know, people don't yeah. believe I have life in prison. They be like, man, you don't got life in jail. Like, they sentenced me to life in prison for attempted murder at 19 years old. With no oh, I was going to ask you. Oh, right. my God. You're a lifer? Yeah, I got life in prison with no good, no victim, no witness. The witness to the to the, to the the crime, she said, that's not the that's not the person I've seen um, uh, fighting with this person. The, the two witnesses, my, my whole case was based on the identity of a sweater. The identity of a sweater that two firefighters uh, have found, and the firefighters said, "Yes, I seen him running through a complex. I didn't see no gun in his hand. I didn't see him with no gun. I seen him running through a complex in the area. Yes, I did. But um, they said I discarded a hoodie, which they the hoodie that they brought to my." court the firefighter said no that's not the hoodie that i gave to y'all the other firefighter said that's not the hoodie that he had the the main police said this is the hoodie that the firefighters gave me the firefighter said that's not the hoodie i gave you so the whole case my whole case was all tampered with due to the fact SLPD is corrupted corrupted mm, they didn't they want to get me in prison they tried me as a gang member right Oh since two thousand, yeah. since two thousand nine, I've been in prison. From the uh, area I'm from, I'm from, I'm from the Western Edition, Filmo. Mm-hmm. I always grew up at my my house was my first address was thirteen thirty five Eddie. My second address was twelve sixteen Turk. They labeled me a Eddie Rock gang member from the OC Projects, but they labeled on my trial I was convicted as a Eddie Rock blood, like the blood gang. Mm-hmm. Um, from Los Angeles, not right, wow. not right. Even the investigator on my case said not one of my friends associate with red rags. That's the younger generation. Not one of my friends ever been caught wearing a red rag. Um, photos throwing the blood signs with a red rag. Nothing in my case. It was no uh, spray paint of. So, in the commission of a crime, in order to say this crime was committed for the benefit of the gang, it has to be like um, spray paint with our gang in that area, um, yelling out your gang in that in that area of the, while you're doing a crime, as well as doing a crime with other gang members. I was on this case by myself, and they still tried me as a gang member. On my appeal, 
my 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 first level director pimp, they dropped the game charge, which knowing I never was a gang member, they used this in front of a jury to taint the mm-hmm. jury to say yes. I was a gang member. Since two thousand nine, if I'm so much of an Eddie Rock blood, which uh, Eddie Rock blood, you hear, they're not saying I'm from Eddie Rock. They label me an Eddie Rock blood. Since two thousand nine, we have over. They said our gang had over two hundred people. Since 2009, it haven't been one more person from my neighborhood charged as an Eddie Rock blood. What gang is that then? In blood gangs, in blood gangs, crib gangs, since 2009, I bet it's been over a thousand, probably five thousand. Since 2009, bloods and crips convicted as being a blood and crip. From my gang, I'm the only person that they said, from my gang, I'm the only person that was an Eddie Rock blood. It's no sense. You can't, it's, it's no way you could do that. Like, how can y'all say I'm the only blood? Like, it don't make sense. Well, it, it, it does in racist America. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's, that's the easiest way they, they get the black males into prisons is by calling them gang members. It's just right, they gang the validate you. Way. That's it. They just gang validate you. And, um, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar business they've got going here. Right. And, and see, my whole case was political due to the fact at the time Kamala Harris was trying mm. to be attorney general. So mm-hmm. Kamala Harris convicted me and this other guy named Jamal True Love. You probably heard his case. He's, he's, the, he's the only black person. Well, he's the, he's the only person out of San Francisco County to sue San Francisco for the most money, he got ten million dollars. Jamal Trula, he was my celly. He got ten. He got. He won his appeal. Got back. He used Mark Zilversmith. That was his attorney. Jamal Trula, he won ten million dollars, the highest paid uh, wrongful conviction settlement ever in San Francisco, due to the fact Kamala Harris convicted. He got his his Instagram is Jamal Trula. Um, he's going after Kamala Harris right now. He has he has connections with Jason Bodine, who is our DA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's there for wrongful conviction. So I've been trying to get my case in front of Jason Bodine. Like, look, the victim in my case has done two declarations to free me. They never had a gun. They never had a witness. The victim never came to court one time. How did I get charged for attempted murder with no victim ever coming saying I shot him one time? All of hearsay with the police saying they heard from other rival gang members. With the police saying they heard through the streets. How can y'all convict me and have me in prison for 12? On, on the 17th of this month, I've been in prison 12 years. So they the 14th. So three more days in April, it'll be my 12 year incarcerated with just hearsay oh. of them saying I shot somebody. So right now, if you're walking down the street and I was home and you got shot in the leg, just say, God forbid, you know, and you say, Phil Pitney shot me or Phil shot me. They're going to come arrest me and give me life for that. And I wasn't nowhere near your shooter. Even if I was just around the block and they see me say, yeah, he was running. Okay, I heard a shot. I'm running. I've been shot before at 16 years old. I'm getting away from gunshots automatically. If like Even in prison, when the block gun can go off across the yard, I'm going to go to the getaway on the other side of the yard just so I don't get hit. Yeah, wow, that's that's traumatic. But yeah, I hear you right. That's a natural response. I mean, that that's right. a natural response, right? But but when you're seen as a threat just for your very existence already, 
um, and they also just see you as any other black man. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, we're not even talking man. You were our youth when you went in, oh, 19 years old. 19 years old. Uh, Philip, I'm so sorry, but it also does sound like, I mean, just to keep the, the hopeful aspect here, it does sound like, I mean, this is definitely an egregious abuse of your uh, civil rights here, and it looks like you might have a chance if you can get this, to get your case in, in front of possibly Tessa Budine. So we should definitely consider um, not only promoting your the beautiful uh, bands before riches, but also promoting uh, getting your ca- getting you out and getting your case overturned. Right. This so, is absurd. Right. Yeah, these, so that's what I've been hand doing. Hand in hand, absolutely. Yeah, I've been building my platform so I can use the platform to finally make my case go viral. So Good. that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build the platform right now. We are at 11k followers, 11k, 11.2k followers. So I'm trying to use the platform for when I drop my. Uh, Free Philip Pitney website. Um, oh. It'll have my petition on there, the the two declarations to show that the victim has done two declarations, um, pictures of my family, pictures of me, and also my petition at the bottom of the website where people are going to be able to, to go on there and sign my petition for my release. Like, look all I do. Like, even, even if y'all said I did do a shooting or did crimes when I was younger, Everybody deserves a second chance. This is my first time ever being in prison. Y'all give me life in prison for attempted murder with no victim, no gun, no witness? Right. No, that's insane. But that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that, we should all be saying absolutely not, not on our watch. Absolutely. When do you think that the um, the website's going to be up? Um, So the website right now, I just did my first interview. Uh, The lady said she would be done with it. Uh, mid June, so okay. mid June the whole website will be back up. If you want me to come back in for an interview, I'll come back in because that's when I'm gonna have the bigger platforms such as like Thizzler and all these other platforms. I'm trying to get them to promote my um case and get my case seen so it can go viral, so we can get it in the right hands in front of the right eyes. Perfect, definitely. We will absolutely have you back um, to to get that update and make sure that we can get people uh, supporting supporting you uh, to free Philip Pinkney. Now, because one last time before we go, tell us how we can support Bands Before Riches. Okay, so you can support Band Before Riches by going to www.bands, which is B-A-N-D-S, before, B-E-F-O-R-E, riches, R-I-C-H-E-S, dot com, as well as our Instagram, which is at, Bands, B-A-N-D-S, B is the number four, Riches, R-I-C-H-E-S, underscore clothing. Fantastic. And the address, once again, for your actual storefront. Okay. The storefront is 4831 Mission Street, San Francisco, California, 94112. Fantastic. Philip, you are an inspiration. It is so fabulous getting to know you, and we will definitely talk with you again soon. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Okay, you too. Thank you very much. Of course. Peace. All right. It never ceases to amaze me, uh, the incredible people that come my way from the inside. Um, I just, I I, am constantly just so inspired, and it just, makes me more and more resolute um, in my quest for prison abolition and 
yeah, the abolishing the prison industrial slave complex altogether. And, um, you know, I hope that you will join me in, in, uh, in this dismantling and also uh, the trying to dismantle it by changing the narrative, shifting the narrative on who is really inside. So I also want to encourage all of you to continue to call the governor at 916-445-2841 and release our elders. This Philip Pink, Pinkney has been in for since 2009, I think he said. And he went in as a 19-year-old. He's got life. This is what we're doing. We are caging people basically from the, sla- <laughs> from the cradle to the grave. Uh, and that's just... That's genocide. I don't care what you call it. We have millions of people inside, millions of people that are traumatized by prison and jails and detention centers. This is, these, all of those people are part of our community, people. Um, these are our, our, our comrades, our loved ones, our friends, our community members, people that we have not yet met. And they, that, that system is is denying all of their potential, denying their humanity, denying all of the things that the people that they, that they can be. Um, and we are missing out on that. We're getting back people with damage. I mean, Philip is doing great. That's fantastic. We shouldn't have to be in prison to do that. His people don't have him. And, um, you know, we want him out and we want our elders out. That's why I'm asking you to call the governor. Um, unfortunately, we have to call the governor to get them out. Um, if I, I would love to just burn the prisons down and get everybody out, but that's not how it is. We need to, unfortunately, we have to, uh, I don't really want to say appeal to these people, but we need to put them on blast for the inhumanity that they are displaying when it comes to our imprisoned people, our community members. So call the governor to release our elders with the understanding that many of our elders here in California have been in since their youth. Philip is a lifer. He's been in since he's 19. And excuse me, I've been mispronouncing his name this whole time. I'm so sorry. It's um, Philip Pitney. Excuse me. P-I-T-N-E-Y. So, um, and he didn't correct me and I feel bad about that. Um, But again... This should more than concern all of us. Um, I encourage you all to visit the California Prison Focus website by going to prisons.org. There you can read their newsletter, which is fantastic. They also provide a powerful platform for prisoners' voices. It's important that we get to know our community members behind the walls. They are not what this system is saying they are. We have to stop believing that. Um, they are nothing but criminals and uh, see them as other human beings that uh, are being traumatized and brutalized by this system. And can we come together to make sure that uh, they are taken care of? Again, prisons.org. And also visit their website and see the work that they're doing. They're doing great work. I encourage you to go to the sfbayview.com a website for the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. These are two powerful platforms for prisoners' voices. Um, 
And there's where you can learn. Also, go to those websites and make donations. That's the only way that we can uh, continue to survive. I happen to be, um, I straddle both of those organizations. I guess I should be transparent about that. Um, stick with us next week. Um, we are going to be bringing some updates. Um, well, I actually can, okay, sorry. I'm going to tell you right now. I forgot I was going to tell you about an update um, on the situation with Malik and I. So for those of you that don't know, um, I am now acting as um, interim editor at the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. Malik Washington uh, was the editor. Some things have shifted there. Um, and he is now doing, uh, he will be doing on the ground uh, reporting, just journalistic work and doing writing. So... Uh, but in, what I wanted to share with you is a lot of this transpired because um, Malik's First Amendment rights were violated while he was at the uh, the halfway house uh, there on 111 Taylor Street in the Tenderloin that is run by the for-profit prison corporation Geo Group. And they tried to muzzle him because he spoke out at a rally and they didn't like what he was saying well uh so he sued and uh and and it's, it turned out the judge did not rule in our favor and malik was looking at being uh thrown back in prison because of this violation which um he was he didn't have his papers so like nazi germany he what apparently he wasn't where he was supposed to be um even though he was going from work, uh, from the Taylor House to the uh, to work, but in the end, that's not even what was occurring. Um, he he, uh, they were trying to say that he was not given permission, and um, and that that uh, directive was given to him after the fact. And so right now we are looking at. Um, the very real possibility that he won't, the, the charges will be dropped. We don't know yet what that looks like. But what we do know is after, I think it was two home confinement denials, Malik will now be coming home um, to the apartment uh, where I reside that we have been paying rent on for the past, well, since November, and that he has not been able to be at uh, but that will start tomorrow morning. So Malik will have an ankle monitor on. He will be um, he will be very restricted, and I am going to uh, be sharing with you what that actually looks like. So um, he will be coming home tomorrow morning. This will also be our uh, third morning of Ramadan. I will be observing Ramadan with my loved one. I am not a Muslim, but uh, again, I am a spiritual person and uh, uh, Malik is my loved one and is a Muslim. And so we will be observing Ramadan. So this will be our third morning together. Um, it will be the third day of Ramadan when Malik will finally make it home to uh, be on home confinement which should only last until the end of May. So there is a very bright light at the end of our tunnel. This is not the case for 
thousands of people who cannot get to their loved ones. Please call the governor, 916-445-2841. We want our people home. They are loved by someone, and even those that don't have the family support, they deserve to uh, do their healing and get what they need outside of prison. We have got to start envisioning and building the, the, the society, the environment that we want, that speaks to our humanity, that uplifts each of us, that is committed to our self-determined, beautiful life. All right, uh, that is going to be our show for the week. Thank you so much for joining me. I love being here with you. I am so grateful for this platform. Um, want to give a shout out to KPOO uh, for being the baddest radio station in San Francisco and black owned um, and just providing uh, this platform for us for an hour of pure 100% prison issues. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. I love y'all. All power to the people.